This is It Just Takes One. One person, one experience, one idea, one moment to change your life. Here's what's coming up on today's show. The healing process was really developing my true belief system, which is opposite of what I just shared. So I am seen, I am important, and I deserve to be cherished. And so my heart's passion today is to help women really dive in to their truth so that they can have that peak performance and joy that um, really comes with living who we're created to be. Hello, hello, it's Kelly, and welcome to another episode of It Just Takes One. On our episode today, I had an opportunity to interview Deanna Heron. Deanna is a recent best-selling author of the book, Unbecoming, A Journey to Find Her. A unique title, and she describes to us why she chose that title, the word unbecoming being something that might capture your attention. And as we head into this episode, I'm going to encourage you to think about your own life. And just for a moment, pause to consider in what areas of your life do you feel like you're striving? In other words, the areas of your life where you're working really hard, but maybe not feeling like you're accomplishing much or that you're feeling very fulfilled in. And where in your life are you thriving? And what I mean by that is where in your life do you feel like you're in the flow and feeling very fulfilled? Deanna and I have a conversation where we describe the difference between those two moments in our life. And I want you to consider it as you head into this episode. So I invite you to sit back and listen in as Deanna Heron shares her story. Good morning, Deanna. Welcome to It Just Takes One. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and, and honored, um, Kelly, to be with you. Well, it's great to be with you too. And, you know, your book has been out now for a little while. We're going to talk about that. I'm excited to talk about that. Um, but I actually thought it would be good to start with a little bit more introduction of you and just to talk a little bit about what you're doing in the world and, and you know, where, where you find yourself right now um, as, you're, as your professional life is starting to unfold. So tell, tell the audience a little bit about what you're doing, where you are, and, um, and who you're helping. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, so I've been an entrepreneur for about 23 years. I um, actually started in, in uh, an entrepreneur role 23 years ago. I was practicing medicine as a physician's assistant. And I was crazy, <laughs> crazy busy with two small kids. And um, so I, I transitioned into entrepreneurship, which I absolutely love because I have control of my schedule, et cetera. And um, in 2016, I um, felt the, the pull, the tug, the nudge to write my story. And, you know, I had no idea what that, I had no idea what that looked like because I know my story. I didn't feel like it was, you know, anything significant and it wasn't until we moved to a small town where there were no distractions. We live on 20 acres now where that creativity just really started to pour in. And I started writing my story. And I have to tell you that it was um, 
it was such a healing journey for me, for sure. And so many amazing things transpired. I mean, I grew so much as a person, but the book was uh, published and launched on February 22nd, 22. And so it's been a whirlwind. It's been almost two months. It, it became bestseller uh, very quickly on Amazon. And now I'm doing coaching through my book and helping women really step into uh, their true authentic self. That's so good. I'm so glad that we started here because you just brought up a couple of points that I think are really valuable. One is that you've had this dream to write a book for a while. And we hear that often. So if you're in the audience right now listening and you've thought about writing a book and didn't know where to begin, you know, Deanna, you just gave them some, some hope that that can happen. But the other piece of that that I thought was really um, important to note is that you said it wasn't until you got to a place where it was quiet that you could actually start to let the story come out. Tell us a little bit more about that. What was it about being in this smaller town on 20 acres where it's peaceful that you think allowed you to finally sit down and go through this process? Well, we, I'm a city girl and I, you know, lived in a city all of my life. And that's really all that I knew. And there are, um, a lot of, dis there can be a lot of distractions. And, and, um, I did have a lot of distractions being busy with my my first business and um, just being home, et cetera. And there's something so, if I can say magical about being in nature um, and being on 20 acres, it was such a, such a beautiful journey for me to be able just to reconnect and reconnect with God, reconnect with divine and, and just be present in the moment. I think so many times for me, I'm just to be transparent, I am so future focused and that was a huge distraction for me is I, I have my goal and I'm focused on that in the future and just being here and being still and being present. I learned to live in that moment. And I think, I really believe when you learn to live in that moment, your creative juices just begin to just flow. And so that's what happened with me here. I was away from the distractions. I was away from that future focused and just, just being, being present. I, I think that is so true. I actually was on a coaching call with another soon to be author just a few days ago. And she actually has a similar experience. She said that she had these ideas kind of cooking up while she was doing her work, but it wasn't until she walked outside and took a long walk in, in, on the path um, up in the woods behind her that all of a sudden all the ideas started coming. So she realized that her now her technique was going to be to bring her notebook with her when she went for the walk because she knew once she tapped into that, to yeah. nature, to the divine, whatever your belief systems are, that, that universal energy, right, where you're out, out tapping into something bigger than you, then there can be a download. It sounds like that's just what happened with you. Exactly. Yep, for sure. Really beautiful. And so you also mentioned that this process has been a healing process. And we, we often hear that too with our authors, that writing is a cathartic process. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your healing process and, and what were you healing from and what was the writing doing to help you get there? So I, um, I grew up in a very unstable family environment. So my mom, um, while I was in the home, 
I had uh, two stepdads and, and my father wasn't, wasn't around and we moved. I, this is like the big fish keeps getting bigger. So I don't really, <laughs> really exactly remember how many times we moved. I think it was 10 times in eight years. So I went to 10 different schools in eight years. And so it was that constant, um, you know, instability that was, that was a huge part of my life. And so I developed from that instability, I developed a belief system that I had been living my, my entire life through. And that belief system was, I'm not important. I'm not seen. And I don't deserve to be cherished. And I didn't really figure that out until I was writing the book. But, um, so that was part of, of the healing process for sure. But um, that belief system that I had actually worked for me for, for many, many years because I was able to achieve and I was able to achieve a lot. But when I had reached a high level of achievement and, and had, had um, reached this goal that I, that I had for my life, I felt hollow, like completely hollow, like empty. And I just remember thinking, gosh, I have it all but why do I feel so empty? And that was the journey really that where I began to seek. And I, and I didn't really know that it was a belief system. So I held on to that belief system for 10 or 12 more years following the event of being highly successful. And it wasn't until the book process where I started to, things started to unfold that there were 12 traps that I had been caught up in in my life and um, being in those traps was keeping me, um, keeping me very small, small-minded, small thinking, a smaller belief system. And so the, the healing process was really developing my true belief system, which is opposite of what I just shared. So I am seen, I am important and I deserve to be cherished. And so my heart's passion today is to help women really dive in to their truth so that they can have that peak performance and joy that um, really comes with living who we're created to be. So beautiful and such a perfect segue into the book. <laughs> so the title of the book is Unbecoming A Journey to Find Her. So taking off on what you just described Tell us a little bit about that title. What, what are we unbecoming? Who is her? Why that title for this book? Oh my gosh, Kelly. Thank you for asking that question because the book title, you would think it would be become uh, the greatest version of you or something, something along those lines. But truly for me, it was unbecoming those false belief systems that I had believed all my life to really unveil that person on the inside. And so it was, I always thought that I had to become, I had to become more, I had to do more. I had to become successful. I had to become wealthy. I had to become a great mom, et cetera. And we already have that inside of us. And so it's unbecoming those traps that, that hide your true self. And so it's a journey of, to find her, but I've had a lot of hymns <laughs> that have read the book too. So um, it's, you know, but my, my heart and my passion, I love you guys. I love men, <laughs> but my heart, my passion really is, is for women and help them walk into their truth. Great sense. I, I actually love the play on words, right? Because you are expecting it to be in the, the positive, the, the becoming, but the whole point is that you first have to 
unravel some of that old programming, as you described the beliefs, so that you can then decide who you want to be now, create the new belief system that takes you to the next level where you are now. So I, I really appreciate that play on words and not only grabbing and, and, and sort of catches your eye, but it also speaks very strongly to what your coaching is about and how you help people unbecome yes. before they become something new. So you describe these 12 traps and you have them in the book. And I want to talk more about those because I actually think it was interesting that you chose the word traps and, um, you know, that sense that you're caught in them. Share a little bit about what it was that made you come up you know, with the idea of traps and then why 12 of them? The, the traps started to, they just started to evolve. So I, I first, I wrote my, my story on paper um, and Kelly, I didn't have any, any idea what I was doing. I just, I just wrote. And then I had um, three dear people in my life come and help me as we put everything out on paper. And it was my husband that was like, honey, these are like traps. There are, there are traps that it looks like, you know, you have been caught up in. And that's how it started to evolve. There were some, several of them in the beginning that, that overlapped and, and some of them do overlap. But as, as I started to write out the 12 traps, they started to really um, open up this bigger picture of all the things that as women, we get caught up in from the roles that society places on us, the roles that we place on ourselves, the expectations we place on ourselves which really hides that true person inside and we're not living um, our, our truth. So it was my husband that came up with the traps and uh, God love him. He's, he's so amazing, such, a, such an amazing supporter of mine. So I'm so grateful that he was able to see that. He's such a big vision person. That's really beautiful. And it just a, a testament to being able to have a relationship where you're supporting each other that way. And, and the gift that he gave you made, you know, a, a vision of something that you hadn't seen that way before. That's a, it's a beautiful story. Thanks for sharing that. I'd like to just read for the audience, those that are listening, um, we're talking about these 12 traps, and I'd just like to read what they are. And then we'll talk about maybe a couple of these so that, uh, Dana, you can kind of share a little bit deeper on them. But these are the 12 traps that she outlines. It's the trap of living a misaligned life. The second one is the trap of living self-limiting beliefs. The third is the label trap. Four, the happiness trap. Five, the achievement trap. Six, the trap of validation. Seven, the comparison trap. Eight, the blame trap. Nine, the trap of self-preservation. 10, the coping trap. 11, the trap of unforgiveness. And then surrender. Mm -hmm. We'll get to surrender because that's a big, big topic. But of those that I'm, I'm reading, you know, they're all, I, I hope if you're, you know, listening right now, some of those may start to resonate with you because they might be things that you recognize in yourself. Are there any that stand out in particular to you, Deanna, that you might want to share just a little bit more deeply? 
so obviously the, the achievement trap, I, I talked about that a little bit. We just, you know, for me, I got caught up in that thinking that that, that level, that goal, whatever that was, was going to produce the happiness and it, it doesn't, it won't. Um, you have to learn to be happy in today. And, um, I wrote, I wrote something recently. It was, you know, you're never going to find your happiness in the future. You have to be present. It's in the present moment. And I would say more than anything, moving to a small town, that, that has, that is really what it has taught me because I don't, I don't really believe I was ever present because I always was so goal and future focused. Um, so that, that is a huge one. I think for women, you know, I keep wanting to go to one in particular and it's the blame trap. And I don't think that that's something that we realize we're doing in our relationships or in our life is instead of us accepting responsibility for where we are, we want to blame other people for our circumstances, blame other people for hurting us, blame other people for our lack of success or, you know, whatever that is. And that's a dangerous trap because blame is such low level energy. And um, if you're familiar at all with emotional energy, that's a huge thing for me. Um, and blame is, is so low level energy and it will keep you stuck <laughs> for so long. And it's very hard to be a, a great wife, a great mom, a, a successful whatever in your career, if you're operating in that low level energy of blame. And so blame is a, is a tricky one because a lot of times we don't realize we're in that trap. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a really powerful message. And it's some, certainly something that I can resonate with people that are listening and probably relate to as well. Um, it's sometimes easier to put the blame outside than to take responsibility or to see the responsibility that we have in it, or to feel the power and control that we actually do have, mm -hmm. um, and, and to give that away by blaming it somewhere else, right? Putting the blame, the responsibility someplace else. So really powerful. So if that's, I'm thinking if somebody is out here, you know, listening, and this is resonating with them, I want to encourage them to, to go out and get the book, but also to follow you. We'll give them some of uh, that content at the end so that they know where to find you if they're looking for more coaching on some of these topics. I want to spend some time talking about surrender. It's the last chapter in your book. I think it's a really complex topic. And I want to talk a little bit, I want you to give us a little bit of your in, input on what does surrender mean? Why is it so important? Uh, it is the, 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 the final chapter in your book for a reason. So share a little bit more about surrender. Surrender is probably my favorite chapter. And it's, it's my favorite chapter because um, when I was writing the chapter, I was actually in the back of my car. My husband was driving <laughs> and we were, we were on an eight hour drive coming back from our daughter's house. And it was, it was like, I was in my own world and it just kept coming. Um, and I was just writing. It, it was not me writing. I can tell you that it just, I was typing 
as the words were were coming through. And it, if you look at that chapter, is actually in a very different outline form than any of the other chapters. And it's just surrender to this, surrender to this, surrender, surrender. And the surrender piece is a lot of times um, for me, but a lot of times what what I have done is, man, I am a hustler, a striver, a get it done, a check it off of my to-do list type of girl. And that has always worked, but it has worked at the expense of my sanity, of my energy, of my health, of relationships in my life, because um, that was first and foremost, is just getting it done and, um, you know, check it off your list. And I was successful doing that for a long time. But the surrender piece is instead of striving, it's so much more peaceful to thrive. And thriving is just allowing yourself to be in the flow, doing what you can do towards your goal, for your relationships, for your friends, whatever that is, and just giving it, giving it up giving it up to your higher power, giving it up to the divine, to God, and just trusting that process. And the way that I like to explain that is I was, we lived by a river. And like I said, I'm a city girl. So this was very new to me (laughs) to be in a kayak, but I was kayaking with a dear friend and it happened to be very, very busy that day on the river. And there were lots of people. And so when you're paddling a kayak and there's lots of people, you have to kind of paddle your way around the obstacles. And it's a lot of work. Um, and we know that to be true in life as well. When we're, you know, against obstacles, it's it's going to be a lot of work to get, get around those. But on the other side, there's freedom, um, there's joy, et cetera. So we had to paddle through all of these people. And then my friend happened to go ahead of me. And that competitive side of me was, oh my gosh, I need to be up there with my friend. And so I would paddle, I would paddle, I would paddle, and the the wind would blow in my face so hard that I was at a standstill. But I would paddle again, I would paddle again. I was striving to get up there close to her, and that wind kept me still. And I finally, just in exhaustion, just sat there. And it was such a, a, a beautiful moment for me because I realized this is what you do your whole life, Deanna. You do this your whole life. You are trying to paddle into the wind to make something happen. What if you go over here to the left where it looks like there's a natural flow to the river? What happens if you go over there? And so I paddled to that natural flow. And the amazing thing is I just had to put in just a little bit of energy, just a little bit of paddling. And not only did I catch my friend, I surpassed her on the river. And that's surrender, surrendering to the process. And it's not that we don't have to do the work, but the work is is so much easier because you're trusting the process. You're trusting your higher power um, to your co-creating, basically. And so that's surrender. So beautiful. I love the imagery of that. And um, just the the idea that it isn't about not doing anything you do you have to paddle a little bit but when you get into that flow it allows you to go 
even further than you would have imagined you could go, right? Yeah. And ironically, that's what the surrender chapter was. It was, I was in the flow and I wasn't trying to make the words happen on the page. <laughs> and it was just, it was a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. And um, I'm learning, I'm learning to stay in that flow. Um, but the default mechanism for me is to try and make it happen. And so it's a process. Process. And I'm reminded of, you know, airplanes never fly in a straight line. They're always just a little bit of self-correcting, right? There's always like minute corrections. And I think that's the same with us in life, that it's not about getting in the flow and always being there. There's on and off, on and off. And then the practice of just learning how to get back to it, learning how to get there easier, quicker, finding your way because you know it's there now and you know where to, where to find it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Really beautiful. So Deanna, I, I really think this book is, like you said, for the people out there who are feeling that they're stuck perhaps, or that as you described, maybe they're striving a little too hard and they need to learn how to thrive. Or I also think there's that element you mentioned earlier of not feeling fulfilled, that you may have some success on some levels, whatever those are for you, but that, that sense of being unfulfilled. So if there's somebody out there that's feeling any of those kinds of things or is interested in exploring this, how can they get in touch with you? Um, so I have a web, I have a website. Um, it's in the process of rebranding, but you can go and um, it's DeannaHeron.net and you can get a hold of me that way. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. That's at Deanna Heron. You can connect with me that way as well. And um, obviously Facebook, uh, it's just Deanna Heron. But those are the two the two main uh, ones that I use is my my website as well as my Instagram. Excellent. And I'll make sure that gets in the show notes for anybody that is interested. And also, where can they find your book? On Amazon. Yep, it's on Amazon. So we're um, in the process of, of talking about um, doing an Audible. So I'm excited to do that as well. Oh, fantastic. I think that's, um, that's a great idea, especially for those of us who are busy and multitaskers. Um, having it as an Audible is, is a great option. Wonderful. Deanna, before we finish today, I always like to ask each of our authors, each of our guests about the title of this podcast, which, which is It Just Takes One. You know, the idea that it just takes one idea or one book or one person or one moment to, to make a difference, to change your life. So I'm just curious, what does It Just Takes One mean to you? Oh, that is so beautiful. So beautiful. You know, um, it just takes one for me, just in, in the book process is, is a great example. I, there was so much fear, I think for, you know, getting, writing my story on paper, but just um, the fear of, I didn't know what I was doing. The fear of how is this going to work out? And sometimes in the process of creating or moving into a, a future goal. Those are a lot of the thoughts that we have. I, I, I fear what people think. I fear what if it fails? Um, you know, we have lots of fears that stand in our way and fears are going to keep you 
100% absorbed in self. And our purpose in this world is to love and serve, love and serve and encourage. And when we are so full of fear, we can't get out of ourselves to love, serve and encourage. And somebody said to me during the book process, and she absolutely changed my life. And she said to me, Deanna, what, what, how many lives would have been changed had you written that book five years ago? And that was such an aha moment to me because I thought, you know, you're so right. I'm thinking about me when I need to be thinking about the one woman, the one woman whose life could absolutely be transpired, changed because my story and what I went through. And that one woman that could be changed could impact millions. And so to me, that's what one means is, you know, you can, you can have a conversation with one person and that one person through that conversation can impact millions. And so that is, that's so beautiful, Kelly. I love, um, I, I love where you're going with that for sure. I agree. And it brings me right back to the title of your book because that one person is her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, Deanna, I am so happy that this book is out so that people can find it and find their way. I look forward to seeing where you go with this. And uh, I appreciate you making the time to talk with me today. Absolutely. It was such an honor, Kelly. Thank you so much. All right. We'll be in touch again soon. As we come to the end of this episode, I just want to reiterate the word traps and the ideas that Deanna shares about the challenges of life that feel like traps. I love that word because I do think that sometimes when we're stuck, it does feel like we're trapped, like something has caught us and is holding us there. But the other piece that I like about the word traps is that traps are not permanent. Traps can be loosened. There are ways to get out of a trap. And I think that's what Deanna is really describing in her book and in the work that she does in this world, that although these traps may have caught you temporarily, it is not permanent and that there are tools and ways that you can get yourself out of those traps. Great food for thought for all of us. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for joining us on It Just Takes One. If you or someone you know is interested in writing a book, please have them reach out to us. We'd love to get on a call and talk about your ideas and your goals. And you can find us and set up that call at scripturepublishinggroup.com. 